morning, y'all. How y'all doing today? Thanks for hopping on to another episode of the Homegirls uh, podcast. So y'all are in for a treat today. Um, you know, usually it's just the five of us, Josen, talking about life. But today, the universe and God has allowed us to have a guest speaker on um, to help us with our topic for today, which is entitled Therapy in the Black Community. Um, as a note, Chrissy had an emergency, so she won't be on this one, unfortunately, but she's sending all her love and she'll probably need therapy after she finishes doing what she's dealing with. <laughs> but all to say, without further ado, <laughs> let's introduce our guest speaker. Um, her name's Devin. Devin Walker. Um, she's a therapist and she can introduce herself because I'm meeting sis too for the first time. So welcome, Devin. <laughs> Having me. Um, like Alex said, my name is Devin. I am a licensed professional counselor. I practice out of Texas. I'm also a certified rehabilitation counselor and a registered yoga teacher and meditation teacher. So yeah, um, I'm, I specialize as a racial trauma therapist. Um, I love the Black community. That is my gym. Yes. Um, and I'm also a wellness influencer. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I can think of right now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you said enough. I'm prepared for an introduction, but I'm, ne- I'm never am. Like, like, you know. <laughs> her little, her, well, she's going to plug herself later, but her page, like if you're going through and posting her affirmations, her Black girl affirmations and all that good stuff to our page, Y'all can find Devin. She's going to help y'all on the ground, too. I girl. <laughs> yes. Well, I love it, um, especially in the climate that we're in. Thank God uh, the Trump administration is on its way out. Um, but over the, the past four years, racial division has been at an all-time high in America. And it, I mean, it really plays a toll on the mental health of African-Americans just in general. You know, I mean, this probably has to do with like slavery. Like this goes all the way back before Donald Trump. But Black people in mental health, you know, we tend to not address our mental health as best as we should. Do you agree? I don't know. I I definitely agree. But I also think that just comes from, like you say, it goes all the way back to slavery, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So back then, like when we were getting like beaten, raped and all that, we didn't have no choice to go to therapy. We had to learn (laughs) put a little bit down and move on. So I think that's just like how we're naturally just, that's just how our community is, unfortunately, but we're slowly breaking the stigma of therapy. I will yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, me, I love looking at research and articles. So I found one. <laughs> so this article was by, um, I think mental health America. I just compiled a couple statistics from the article. So 13.4% of the U S population identifies as black or African-American. And of those 13%, over 16% reporting having a mental illness in the past year. And that was, that was back in 2010. I think that number isn't as large as it should be because I feel like there's a lot of mental illness that isn't reported, you know, and we'll talk about the reasons why, you know, maybe those things hadn't been reported or whatever. Um, But yeah, like black people have mental illnesses. Apparently it's like the same as far as like our white counterparts, as far as like the percentage is concerned. It's not like black people are walking around crazier than others, but it's, just, you know, we don't really, like I said, we don't really address our mental health as other races may. And I guess we'll just kind of get into why, like, why don't we talk about our mental health? Why don't we go to therapy? Um, you know, and one big one I kind of looked at um, in the article and just kind of by 
experience is like a sign of weakness. Like a lot of people think like admitting that have a mental illness or a mental disorder is a sign of weakness, but how did that come from? Like why? <laughs> yeah, I feel like it came back from, you know, y'all, I'm Malcolm X up in here. Okay. Yeah. Y'all, she's worse than me. So she about to. <laughs> Everything literally goes back to slavery. That's just how we were conditioned. Um, And I think like, you know, having a male dominated society on top of, you know, dealing with racism and stuff like that makes it even worse because, you know, men, they tend to think they can't be weak. They tend to deal with that masculinity. Mm -hmm. So I think that also plays a part in it, especially when it comes to black men. They think getting help or going to therapy may be like a sign of weakness for them. As for black women, I really think because we have been such a staple like the foundation of our communities because you know they tore our families apart we're so used to being the strong one that sometimes most of us don't even realize we're dealing with mental illness that we may just think our nerves bad have y'all had y'all yeah. the truth is we had anxiety but we tend to call it other things like my nerves bad mm-hmm. or piss me off or something like that when in reality it may be depression or anxiety mm-hmm. you know what right I mean? Right. And that kind of goes hand in hand with that angry black woman stigma as well. We say that our nerves are bad versus us having anxiety when a white counterpart may be dealing with the same type of pressures that we're dealing with and may exhibit that probably the exact same way they're looked at as having anxiety versus, oh, they just mad. Oh, they just angry. You know, I was thinking something else. Um, I, I read something, too, and it said that a lot of people in the black community don't like to uh, go to therapy because they don't want to show the issues that they're having at home. It shows it's, that's also a sign of weakness. So I'm thinking about mm-hmm. black women because a lot of us are the heads of our households. We don't want it to look like we don't have it all together because we are so used to playing that strong role. And I know that's something that has been circulating lately. Like black women, you don't have to always be strong. It's okay to go out there and get help. And I know personally, you know, maybe like about a couple of years ago, I thought about it was suggested, oh, you should go to therapy. And I was like, oh, no, I got I'm good, girl. God got me, you know. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. one day I was like, yeah, I, I need some therapy. And <laughs> it definitely has made a difference. So, yeah, black women, come on. And just our people in general, we need to we need to make mm-hmm. it more of a habit. Devin, do you think it has anything? And I might be jumping the gun, Alex, but mm-hmm. do you think it has anything to do with um the financial disparities, like Black people not being high earners or thinking that they don't have access to mm-hmm. therapy? Capitalism definitely does a number on our community as well, but I definitely do think money is an issue because um, even with some of my clients, some, I have a lot of clients, I have Black clients, I have a few Hispanic, but some of them, I just re- recently became like a fully licensed therapist. So before my, my rates were like kind of discounted. So now I'm charging like my actual worth of my license and a lot of of my clients can't really afford it. So they're either forced to find another therapist that they don't have to start all the way over with or, you know, have to go through like the risk of trying to find a therapist that they connect with again or they just completely stop going in general. But yeah, long story short, yes, I think financial means does play a big part. Okay. So what about what just so that people who are listening who may be interested in getting therapy, is it always something that they have to pay out of pocket for? Or is it something that they can use their insurance? Like how does that whole thing work? I have a few options. Um 
can file your insurance, like trying to find a therapist within network on your insurance. But the thing is, a lot of therapists are moving away from getting paneled with insurance companies because they really don't be paying shit. They be trying to pay us like $80. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Y'all. Yeah. No, that's real. No, it's I get it. Nothing. They, they only be trying to pay like $80. In reality, as a therapist, you should be charging at least starting at a hundred. Mm-hmm. So they don't really be paying us like that. Some, some insurance companies will even pay, try to pay us $40. What? So it really depends. Like that's another part of capitalism too. It just really depends on what insurance you have. Typically um, like in Texas, Blue Cross Blue Shield and United Healthcare, mm-hmm. they have good insurances, but like the other ones, they're kind of iffy. Yeah. Um, so you can use your insurance. You also can, if you're employed, most employment agencies, employment companies or whatever, they tend to have a program have that's called EAP, which is Employee Assistance Program. And that's just through your HR. So you can contact that number at your job and tell them that you're dealing with like stressors or something like that. And they'll typically give you like six free sessions with the therapist within their EAP network. So that's one that's one way. Um, but then also it's private pay, which most therapists are. Yeah. And it's typically a session for private pay can run between 100 to 200. Mm-hmm. It just depends on the therapist and what type of training they have and certifications and all that. I can see how that could um, deter someone, especially who isn't, you know, doesn't have insurance and or doesn't have insurance coverage for therapists they want. I can see how that could deter. Even if now, if they don't even know like how valuable therapy is, some people will look at it and be like, I don't think it's worth that. But it's just like, no, it really is it worth is. that. Peace <laughs> of mind is priceless. Yeah. <laughs> priceless. Yeah. But you know, another thing too, and just kind of going back to what we we're talking about, like, you know, people thinking it's a sign of weakness to reach out for therapy. Like, I think some people think that it would be more of a mind hit than like a mind help to let somebody know about their personal issues. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially men. I mean, I've had personal experience with men, you know, with mental illness, people close to me that have had mental illness and refused to get help, you know, just simply because they thought, I mean, can't nobody help me. I mean, you know, all I'm gonna be doing is telling them my business. Nobody's about to be helping my issues. Mm-hmm. When in reality, it's like, if you would just go talk to somebody, you could get this yeah, out. Yeah, you might be able to figure this thing out, but I don't know. That's the thing. Have any of y'all experienced that? Not like putting anybody's business out, but dealing with mental health in men or women or just in family in general. Like like pride is a big thing. Like when I dealt with it. I dealt with it with um, Hurricane Katrina because I had a lot going on. Like I had a miscarriage and I just had a lot going on during Hurricane Katrina. So I went to therapy and the thing that scared me was I was revealing too much. So mm-hmm. I never went back, but I really want to go back because it's not that I was revealing too much. I was revealing what I needed to reveal. I, w- I was getting rid of that stuff that was I was holding in on the inside. And yeah. like when people say I'm having a nervous breakdown or my nerves bad, you have to get it out some kind of way. So mm-hmm. that's the only thing I regret in life that I didn't finish those sessions because I needed them. It's just a, like the therapist, they're not trying to pull anything out of you. They literally just sit there and let you talk. And I was, I think I was afraid of, it was a lot of emotions coming out at one time and it just scared me. But when I think back on years later, I wish I would have kept going to my sessions because we need that. We need to vent. We need yeah. to vent to a stranger where you can be yourself and be transparent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And unbiased. Get an unbiased opinion. Yes. Exactly. I um mm. I've never had to deal with that um with a male counterpart or anything, but my brother, who's a couple of years younger than me, I've been suggesting him to go to therapy for years and you know, to deal with certain traumas and all of that. And he's refused to. And I, I have no idea, but I think it has something to do with that whole masculine toxic what do you call it Devin toxic masculinity toxic masculinity I think it has something to do with that and just the feeling of like I'm the head of the household I need to be strong I need to have it together and if I go to therapy that means I don't so Devin Mm -hmm. how do you deal with I guess first with your black males that come in and see you because I feel like a lot of times they might think and I could just be making this up but they might think that you know that you can't relate to them because you're not a man do you Mm -hmm. have that issue at all no, I don't have issues in that department. I mean, but it does like typically take a black man longer compared to a black woman to open up. Black women, honey, they get in my on my couch. They be ready to get it loose. They let the chopper sing, okay? But <laughs> black men, they take a little while to open up a little bit more. And that's okay. It's a process. And that's just like what I tell all my clients. Therapy is going to be really uncomfortable mm-hmm. at first. Like people mm-hmm. think therapy and it's going to be all sunshine and you're going to have like this big epiphany then you're going to know the meaning of life and it's not like that you literally go to therapy and it hurts it's like somebody beating your ass mm-hmm. you know they say yeah. if you don't release your emotions and process it you're just going to end up storing it in your body mm-hmm. I mean that's really what it is you're releasing things that you store in your body for years and never right. that's the that thing that's why I haven't gone back because I, I and I text Devin about this all the time I probably worry her about okay what do I need to do a therapy okay let me help me find a therapist because I haven't been consistent so I think that's and I think what you just said those emotions and having all that come out I'm not used to being like an emotional person so I'm like okay I didn't cry I'm over it now you know but I need to really get out of that mm-hmm. habit so I'm, I'm gonna have to go ahead and check myself back in there so. yeah and it's to be completely transparent I had to get a therapist for my oldest son um, for some things. And I was trying to break that out of him mentally, you know, him thinking that he couldn't talk to somebody to release, because he's a very emotional child. He's like my kindred spirit. He's just in like a 12 year old body. Well, about to be 13. Lord help me, Jesus. Um, but I had to get him some therapy. And when he was going through it, he hated it. He's like, I don't, you know, I don't know this person, you know, I'm telling all my business, like, I'm not trying, but to see who he is now and anybody that knows him or knows you know the types of things that he's dealt with can see the two different kids that he was before he started therapy and now and we only did like four or five sessions we Mm. didn't even do like a full like he hasn't seen her or whatever but he hated it while he was going through it and we recently had a conversation maybe like a couple weeks ago I'm like how are you feeling you know just checking in with him and he's like mama I really hated talking to that lady (laughs) he was like but it just made me talk about so many things that I didn't think I needed to talk about and I just feel better about just talking about them you know so maybe even trying to get that through our kids it's okay to talk to somebody when and and not waiting until all hell breaks loose for you to go and talk to someone yeah you know Yeah. And Alex, I want to commend you for even seeing that in your child and acting on it in such an early stage, because like you said, most parents, they may see, you know, some signs and still because of their opinions of therapy, they won't take their kids. But I'm glad you saw something early in your child and decided to take a leap of faith and get your child some therapy and 
now he's emotionally stable, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, I kind of had no choice but to do something because <laughs> he right. was cutting up. But uh, <laughs> but no, thanks, Cole. I, I definitely commend you on that as well. I also think it's important for like the Black community to kind of understand what therapy actually is um, because a lot of people do happen to think therapy is like just going to talk one. But it's really more than that. Like we teach you coping skills. We give you psychoeducation over like what you may be struggling with. We help you recognize your triggers. We help you prepare for your triggers. We help you cope with your triggers. So it's like literally going to a doctor, like let's say you got sick and then it was like, okay, well, you need to take this medicine, but you also need to start working out and doing X, Y, Z. It's kind of like the same thing, but we give y'all, you vent, yes. And typically if you've never gone to therapy, honestly, your first probably like six months is just going to be you venting. But after you get past that hump and um, you get everything out, we typically focus on you teach, giving you the tools to help you manage your life because you're not supposed to go to therapy forever. So our goal is to eventually get get y'all off our couch. So we teach you how to cope with your life stressors so you can live a fulfilling life. Wow. That is so self. That just warmed my little heart. Because you would think, you know, this is where your bread and butter comes from. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would be trying to keep the people on my couch as long as they could sit there. But, <laughs> but no, like, I just, it's just like a roadside door. People come yeah. in, come out. So I still get my money. Right. <laughs> But, but then, as a person, it lets us know how honest you are. Because, mm-hmm. like Alex said, most people they'll try to keep people on their couch, but okay. you're really trying to help people. So it's like you're not supposed to be here forever. You know, it's a process, mm-hmm. and I'm going to help you get through it. And it's not going to be forever. So that just shows you as a person, right? Know? So I have a question. How? <laughs> no, I'm just because for me, I'm a, I'm gonna tell you one of the things that takes forever for me to find a therapist. First off, she has to be black. And before I even touch on the other things, there's a, um, a therapy for black girls that they have it to where you can find the therapist in your area, the black woman. So Devin, how important is it for black people in general to have black therapists? Because for me, I feel like, you know, I have issues with like my father is incarcerated and things to me, I don't feel like, and that's maybe a generalization, but things that I don't feel like anybody else other than a black person, especially a black woman for me, can assist me with. So how important is it for black people to have black therapists? It's extremely important. It's extremely important for black people to have black therapists, black black doctors, black dentists, (laughs) black teachers, black everything, because we have to have people that we can relate to. And we just need that representation to show us, okay, I can be a doctor too. You know what I mean? As far as just having a black therapist is very important because not to say a white therapist or any other ethnicity could not be as competent because they're typically they typically are, but it's just hard for them to understand certain things. Like I seen a tweet that said, um, I need a black therapist because when I say this shit got me tight, I need her to understand without me explaining it. And that's really the thing. We have our own language, we have our own 
that we go through as a black community and you don't want to spend your therapy session trying to explain to them okay well basically my dad was a victim of the prison system and they don't even understand what it is I think more white people are beginning to understand especially there's a lot of more racial trauma trainings for therapists but still at the same time it's still different like you know what I mean it's still different with a black therapist let me share something about this black therapist thing so Devin you're probably not aware but um I'm a nurse and I I work through COVID. So through that point, our job had gave us some free mental health therapy sessions to kind of cope with what we were going through at the time because it was definitely just thrown on us and the nurses who were taking care of those patients. We didn't get any type of education. We just came to work one day and boom, you're a COVID-19 nurse. So they, which I was even surprised that they even offered a mental health thing. So I was Vincent to Shade and our girl Christy about how mentally draining it was on me, like going to work every day, doing all of this, seeing all of this debt. That was the most debt I had seen in my entire career. So it was mentally like draining. So I called these people, Devin, and I don't know, Sarah got on the phone and I was like, <laughs> don't even worry about it because you're not going to understand me. What's Tamika at? I needed Tamika. And they just was not, they just was not giving me what I needed. So needless to say, I did it. I called the line maybe about two or three times. And every single time I called, it wasn't a black person. And so I felt like, okay, this is not even, this is not even for me. Like you're trying to help me. Thank you for, you know, reaching out to do this, but we need Shamika up in here to un- so I can relate and vent and she can understand what I'm talking about. I didn't feel no type of connection. It was very weird, very time wasted. So we need more Black therapists. I understand. I definitely understand like Black people need Black therapists because like you say, when I want to say this shit tight, yeah, you need to understand what I'm talking about, yeah. you know? You know, or excuse my language, this bitch had me effed up. Like, I need to, yeah. what do I do? Like, if I'm coming here to vent, I need somebody <laughs> to understand my venting. You know, I'm not going to come here and say, I'm so upset that today, you know, Brad, no, we're not doing that. Like, that's not how I'm venting. So I need somebody to relate with me, you know? <laughs> you said you went off, you went off where, ma'am? Where, where did you go off? I'm but no, but this is no shade to like the non-black there. We're not saying, I know we're not saying like y'all not, y'all do not do y'all job a lot. But black, our culture is very unique to our culture and we need somebody to be able to relate to it and then address those issues based on that culture. So no shade, once again, no shade to the non-black therapists, counselors, you know, all that. But we we need we we need the black people on, on while we on the couch, child. Mm-hmm. Um but another thing, so yeah, we talked about probably we talked about like lack of black people in psychology, but our spirituality as black people mm-hmm. plays a major role in not seeking therapy. And I know yeah, back in slavery. I know we keep bringing it back to 1830 or whenever slavery was, but, you know, spirituality is all Black people had. When we were getting beat, oh, you know, Lord, we take care of us, Lord. I mean, we couldn't read, we couldn't write. So really all we had was the Lord. That's it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, spirituality is a big thing still in Black families. And it almost, it can almost be conveyed, like, if you reach out to therapists, it's linked to a non-belief in God being able to help you with your issues. Mm-hmm. Do y'all see that as a, I know me, that's, that was one of the main things I dealt with um, when I spoke with a family member about getting therapy. And I was like, oh, you know, just pray about it, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Since I prayed, but the Lord be putting people in positions for reasons, child. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. 
That used to be me. I feel like I used to always be prayer is the answer. And, and granted, I still feel like that. Um, yeah. However, I do feel like you need somebody that you can talk to and get an answer back immediately or to help you process certain feelings and cope with certain things. You can be a believer and you can seek therapy because I remember my conversation has changed. People call me for advice. or ask. It used to be, I'll go pray or here's a scripture. I'm throwing scriptures at folks. But now, mm. you know, one of the first questions I ask is, or not first questions, but it comes up. Have you thought about going to therapy? That's always something that I say. I think I might've said it to somebody yesterday, as a matter of fact, because um, yeah, it's, it's necessary. Pray and meditate and, you know, all that good stuff. Yes. Talk to the people, child. Talk to the Lord, but talk to the people. Because right. I mean, I do believe, you know, prayer, I mean, plays a really big role. I know in my mental health, I personally have never talked to a therapist. Actually, me going to therapy with my son was the first time I've even had experience with therapy. And I still to this day, believe God just, you know, he keeps my mental, blah, 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 blah. But I can say that, yeah, sometimes you just need that extra push right, to, to get you through, especially the times we living in. Like, we got a lot of shit going on right now. Right. You know, right. I mean, with this virus, people are losing people, especially black people. We are losing people literally left and right to this yeah. virus. The racial climate that we're dealing with. I mean, do you feel like like when you talk to your clients, Devin, like, do you have people that are kind of on the fence because they feel like their spirituality is going to be compromised or no? Huh? Yeah. I mean, I also get a lot of clients that are kind of confused about their spirituality as well. But I think with people that are like deep um, religious I think they struggle with therapy because like when you think of like prayer and religion and those practices, um, Bree Church has shown like if you have like some type of faith or some type of spirituality, your mental health is going to be better. But I think people look at spirituality as the only one, like the end all be all rather than looking at spirituality. It's just like it's part of your coping skills, part of your self-care routine. Um, so therapy is not going to take that out for you because it because in reality, prayer is a form of meditation. So it's just I mean, therapy is going to help you figure out, OK, what part of my spirituality do I want to incorporate in my life? Like what helps me keep my peace and all that? Mm -hmm. I mean, therapy ain't going to take that away from you. I think some religions think that. Yeah, not the thing will help you strengthen it. But another thing, too, like a lot of people walk around here denying that something is wrong with them. You know, depending on the circle that you surround yourself with and, you know, the things that you do, if you surrounding yourself, and I don't want to say crazy, I don't want to use the term crazy, right? but if you, you know, if you surrounding yourself around crazy people um, <laughs> that right. aren't telling you no different, you really don't think anything is wrong with you. Right. Or people that just don't know, not even that they don't tell you any different, they don't see anything wrong with your behavior. So that's why I have y'all to bounce off of I didn't even have Devin actually if we and I think I might have talked about it on a podcast before I, I had a little meltdown a couple years ago and Devin just in talking to her just on a from friend to friend it was like boo you have abandonment issues and I was like what you know and after I thought about it Devin I don't even think you realized when you said that to me how impactful that was because I was like what could it be? And when, you know, you, cause you know, certain things about my life and all of that, you know, whether it's things about my mom or my dad being incarcerated, I'm like, wow, that was like really something that made me realize like, okay, I might be having some issues with this person, but it's rooted from somewhere else. And that's really what pushed me to go and initially seek therapy. So thank you, boo. Cause you really, you really shed that light on me. I thought I was just out here being a strong black woman yeah. with a good job and you know I'm doing my thing but like no sis you got some 
some issues, some baggage that you're holding on. We all have baggage, honestly. Um, I think what people, why people are in denial about it is because the language we use around um, having a mental health diagnosis, the term mental illness, like who wants a mental illness? Like, right, you know, yeah. I don't say mental illness. I don't know if you ever noticed, but I don't say mental illness. I no. say mental diagnosis. And then also like, consider thinking just because you have anxiety, like something is quote unquote wrong with you or you have abandonment issues. Like, you know what I mean? Nobody wants to associate themselves with something negative like that. So I think if we change the language around it, because in reality, we all have our barriers and our struggles. <laughs> and we should call it issues or or just think something is wrong with this. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, we're how we're supposed to be. We just need to reach our higher self. You know what I mean? I really think it's the language we use around it. Around it. Because when you say issues, it does problematic. But when Mm -hmm. you say barriers, it's like, okay, it's something that I can actually overcome. You can jump over a barrier. You can climb over it. Do whatever. Hey, don't say the B word. Like when you don't, you know, people say I don't have any money broke basically oh yeah don't say oh. word because that's going to like that's going to attract that energy to you mm-hmm. so like when you're that's basically what affirmations are you need mm-hmm. to use positive words rather than negative because you'll attract the negative towards you yes i like it oh yeah get me together sis because i sure did say oh, what's wrong with you okay wait you can't say that you can't say because nothing is wrong with you yeah. i like it get me together girl because i'll because i'll say it you know and i mm-hmm. guess yeah that is a training piece because i'm quick to say oh you are crazy oh uh, you know what i'm saying I'm like what is wrong with you like <laughs> you know like we have this standard of normal whatever that is and when somebody deviates from that we're quick we're the ones that are quick to say what's wrong with you and then in the same breath be like well why aren't they getting help because you just labeled them as have them having something wrong with them and now they have to overcome you know another hurdle by letting somebody know that something is wrong with them quote unquote yeah. so, now, like our standards of what's wrong with us, doctors and therapists and all this, even therapists like myself measure people by what's created by the white man. Mm-hmm. And do, do you understand how much shit they fuck? Why are we going off their standard anyways of what's wrong? <laughs> wrong with them? Okay. Yeah. What's really wrong with you? So, I mean, I think we just have to recreate our new normal and understand, considering like all the trauma, not only the United States, but the whole world has gone through due to racism, homophobia, sexism, all the isms, like we're going to have to recreate a new standard of what's quote unquote normal. In reality, it may nothing ever, it may not be no standard normal. That's completely Mm -hmm. missing. I, they definitely need to do that because I, as a nurse, when we get um patients, I remember um maybe like last week we had a nurse. Uh, she was on our floor and she was getting a, a patient that was being admitted, and she was getting report, and she's going through the report, and she was like, "Oh Lord, girls, he bipolar, schizophrenic, girl, he crazy. I ain't got time to deal with that." And I'm looking at her like, "Girl, you might be bipolar, schizophrenic, and don't even know it. At least right. he know." At least he's taking the time to go figure out what's wrong with him. So it's like that standard of being normal. Like, okay, he has bipolar schizophrenia. Just treat him, please. He not coming here for you to judge his mental, uh, what, what you want me to use? The mental, uh, what, what you say? The barriers. Not the, barriers. Yeah, the, the barriers. Like diagnosis. Yeah, girl, the mental diagnosis. He don't need you here to judge him for that, girl. He is here with kidney failure. Fix his kidneys. You know? Right. 
girl and give him his Zyprex or whatever he needs. Right. Yeah, we we as a as a professional and as people in general just need to not put a stigma on people who deal with you know mental diagnosis. Let's just calm down. Okay. You know what else though? It's like the way we talk to each other, black people. Some of it is very, and maybe I'm, you know, because I know I don't like to throw the the T word out a lot because everybody's using it and misusing it, toxic. But the way that we talk to each other sometimes, like I had an ex, this is just just an example, and his family would talk to like the kids in the family, like, bring your little ugly, bring your little ugly ass over here, bring your little black ass. Like, why do we do that? Like, and you're creating issues for these children to grow up and thinking that something's wrong. They ugly. They're too dark skinned. They're too light skinned. They hair nappy, whatever the case is. Why do we do that? I don't know. I don't know. And I know we use humor a lot. Like right. I know me, y'all know me. I'm childish. I use humor for literally everything. But that's not good all the time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, look at your little crazy ass walking around here. You know, like, that's not right. funny because they really may have something going on. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm laughing at you. Yeah. I think it comes from a number of things. Like, um, if you think, if you go back to like slavery days, if you think about it, parents had children. And in reality, their children were born as slaves, right? And the reality of that is my child, if my child is born a slave, I'm not going to be able to protect them. They, their child, once their child become of age, they're going to have to work like them. They may get raped. They may get beat. All that. And they have no control over that. So to kind of prolong that period of them being a child and them basically, quote unquote, being safer to the quote unquote master, when the master was like, oh, your son looking real good. He's getting old enough. He's looking like he's old enough to start working in the field. The parent will say, he ain't no good. He dumb. He ain't smart. None of that. Like, you know what I mean? So those type of things have been kind of carried down unconsciously, um, as well as just like how society has made us believe that being lighter skin is better or having like a, a looser curl pattern is being better. Because at the end of the day, even though we are black people and we have magic, we are still humans. So we still talk about each other just like other races do. But when society has kind of put black people, like society has basically put black people as the center of society, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah make us feel bad about our features and of course as humans when we as kids you know kids are mean we're gonna be like oh you're you too black da, 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 da. so that's just kind of stuff I think just that is kind of just like human nature because all humans are kind of have a mean component to them mm-hmm. but at the same time sometimes the way that we talk to each other come back from like slavery days yeah yeah is, is that something that you think um you see a lot I don't know if you do you see children at all I see like teenagers oh. and when I you say teenagers, they're all like high functioning, very mature. Oh, that's good. Well, what about like in the adults that you um, see? Do you think that, you know, the way that their upbringings were, maybe like how their parents talk to them or things like mm-hmm. that has affected? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. I got to get so children up like I do my daughter. <laughs> okay. Yeah, girl, my little baby gone. Whenever I have him or her, gone. you're the most beautiful. You're the most handsome. Hey, handsome face. It's gonna be yes. all kinds of smart affirmations. all day. So I'm putting the spotlight back on you, Devin. Sorry. I mean, I know you weren't prepared for the spotlight, but here it is. So, <laughs> like, you as a therapist, what have you gotten out of being like a black 
female therapists in the world, like today, what have been some of the things like you face? We kind of hit on a couple of things. Like, what do you think is the most rewarding? Um, and like, what's the stamp you just want to leave in this whole world of mental health or just in the world in general? I think one of the rewards is the fact that I focus just on like racial trauma and black people just to help another person like break that generational cycle is the most rewarding thing to me. So we won't continue to have parents that talk to their kids like they crazy or beat their kids or continue alcoholism or some form of addiction or being in like bad toxic relationships. Like I want to help end that cycle for a family so we can continue to grow as a community. So that's the most rewarding thing. And to just be known as, I just want to be known as a person that did it for their community. That's really pretty much it. Just Black people, Black people, period. Right. Yeah. But like Issa said, I'm here for what she said. I'm moving for everybody I'm Black. I'm moving for everybody Black. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. For real. And that's, I love the fact that like what you're pressing toward is just for someone else's future. Like that is so inspiring to me. You know what I'm saying? Like that you take that much uh, investment into somebody else's future or their children's future and how they literally think for the rest of their life. That's like amazing to me. So you're the reason for essentially someone's success, like their success in life and how they view, view life. So yeah, that's, Mm -hmm. that's gotta be rewarding in itself. Cheers. Cheers to that. And so, um, you know, we're going to conclude in just a sec, but, uh, at the end of that article, there were a number of resources that were listed for, Um, like mental health in the African-American communities. And I just kind of wanted to put those out here on the podcast, just for anybody who may be trying to see if they may need to talk to somebody or they don't know where to go. And so the first one I really liked, it was called uh, the Loveland Foundation. We kind of talked about finances being an issue as to why um, some people can't afford therapy. So it's called the Loveland Foundation, and it basically offers financial assistance to Black women and girls seeking therapy. So if finances are a thing for you, you can apply for funds. I guess we can put this link somewhere, but it's HTTPS forward slash forward slash theLovelandFoundation.org slash Loveland dash therapy dash fund forward slash. Yeah, we'll put the link. Which is I'll, I'll link it. Thank you, girl. I'm like, y'all not gonna write this down. I'm like, I'm gonna say it, but we gonna put that shit somewhere. But it's called the Loveland Foundation. Go look it up. Okay. Um, there's also one called uh, Therapy for Black Girls. It's an online space, like just encouraging the mental wellness of Black women and girls. Um, and there's a referral tool there to help you find a therapist in your area. I'm assuming a Black therapist. Um. And one last one I liked, um, it was just therapy for Black men. And it's basically just a directory for Black men. If we have any homeboys listening, it's a therapy uh, directory for therapists for Black men seeking therapy. There's some resources on there, some stories, I guess, you know, of success from men that have reached out and boom. So I didn't want to get off of this this episode without at least just leaving some resources for you guys to look into if it's something that you wanted to do. What you I got? wanted to add something real quick. So I was on um, Therapy for Black Girls the other day because I was actually like trying to figure out, okay, I'm going to really narrow down my server. So you put your zip code or your city or whatever. And I'm, you know, a Dallas resident. So I'm going to go ahead and choose Dallas. I just want to say, and then I filtered and it said from the top rated to, you know, to the lowest. I just want to shout you out, Devin, because your picture popped up first. And That's I was cool. like, that's my on um, therapy for oh, black girls. Oh, you're the most, you're the top rated 
ther- black therapist in Dallas. So let's go. Yeah. Let's go, that girl, Maggie. But I'm honored. I'm honored that you even shared that, Shadi, because I had no freaking idea. Like, let me let y'all know. Devin didn't tell us to, to plug that out or nothing. No, mm-hmm. like, I really just saw that. It's news to me, y'all. I didn't know. Oh, <laughs> well, yes. I really don't be paying attention. I really that's, don't pay attention. But that's when you know you're working in your craft and you're working in your gift. You know what I'm saying? You're not doing it for recognition. You're not doing it for accolades. Like, you literally out here impacting people's lives in a big-ass place like Dallas, Texas. You know, oh. and you number one in the sis. Let's go. Come on, little girl from Texarkana. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, Devin, I mean, if you want to plug your information, let the people know where to find you. Okay, so I have my my Instagram and like just all platforms like Twitter just for myself. It's sent from Devin. So sent from D-E-V-Y-N. And I also have a podcast as well called Self-Care Gang. It's on Instagram called it the instagram is selfcare.gang i think we're dropping our girl i don't know you know how this podcast is supposed to be but i think we're no judgment clearly next sunday i think uh, we'll see this month for sure and i also have my private practice um therapy boutique which is called transcend wellness boutique um and on instagram we're transcend wellness bo um and mind you i know people made you how to contact me for me to be their therapist, but I can only see people in Texas. Yeah. So if you're not a Texas resident, I cannot observe you, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, those are my three social media places. I mean, but if you get to my Instagram, sent from Devin, D-E-V-Y-N, you'll be able to access everything yeah. from there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love it. Come on, sis. Can you can you um leave us rather with a, a black girl affirmation? Let's go. Girl, I don't, I look, it ain't, I can't do it off the top of my head. Okay. Girl, pull up your Instagram and just read it on my Instagram. <laughs> I'll leave you a quote though. Okay. So just for everybody out there, I just want to let y'all know that everything that you're looking for is already within you. So the answers are within you. What you need is within you. You just have to, you know, sit with yourself. Mm. That's it. Yeah. I love it. We love this. You are a beast. And I know we're all honored that you hopped on and just hit on this really taboo topic of mental health barriers, (laughs) not mental illness, mental health barriers. Um, But cheers to you. Cheers to you for changing lives. Cheers to you for sharing that experience with us and our homegirls that's tuning in. So I know for a fact, somebody's going to be inspired by it. And that, I mean, that's the job that we've been trying to do. Hopping on these Zoom calls, you know? So yes. Also, I mean, while y'all following Devin, don't forget to follow Homegirls on uh, what Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, H-E-A-U-X-M Girls. Yeah, just shout out to y'all for tuning in. Christy, get better. Devin, cheers to you for hopping on and Joseph with us for a little bit. And I think I'm going to be professional today because Devin's on. Would someone cue the outro music, please? <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.